Hello, hello, hello. 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 Happy Pride. Yes. I don't know if we brought that up last week, but happy Pride. I think we did, but happy Pride. How are you celebrating, Shelby? Um, I wrote letters to all my gay friends. <laughs> that is true. I did get a very lovely card from you, which I I was not setting you up. I had forgotten that when I... Uh, ask you no that's that's one small thing um unfortunately like pride weekend in houston falls the literal weekend we're moving um so we won't be able to go to like any activities or events but um we were watching pride parades with penny on disney plus so that was cute i feel like a penny photo shoot at a pride event will be incredible I know. Um, We'll have to wait for next year, though. Yeah, next year. LA Pride is supposed to be good. I've never been. (laughs) Maybe I'll come out for it. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, You can go to the baseball game with the gay nuns who they had to uh, reinstate. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have no idea what words you're saying right now, but I look forward to the education. There was this whole saga, which I mean, thank glad you missed it that <laughs> with the la dodgers is not a baseball team where they have a pride night every year and they invited all of these different lgbt organizations and one of them was this group of gay nuns and mm. the like not real nuns well i, or I guess maybe real nuns but non-religious oh gay nuns and um so more like drag queen nun kind of energy and all of these republicans and catholics and whatever were like that's the mockery of our faith like how dare you and they wrote all of these letters and it was this big outrage and i don't think anybody was really paying any attention to this until they were like yeah we're gonna do pride and we're gonna do it with everybody except we're uninviting the nuns and then of (laughs) course all of the other organizations and like the aclu and the la pride organizers like of the whole thing for the city and everybody was like yeah like no one is going to this unless you re-invite the nuns it's like it's like you will be stripped of even being able to have a pride event unless you re-invite the nuns and so then they were like okay well like the nuns are back um (laughs) way to unionize i'm happy for them i know i'm like good job gays like get together (laughs) but i do think it's so true it's like yeah the whole point of pride is that you like we're all together and we're all like you can't just sort of like pick and choose and so i'm glad that everybody really like rallied quickly on that and all of these bigger organizations and we're like yeah we're not going to be a part of this if you're not gonna get your crap together it's that simple (sighs) but anyways on top of pride there's also news going on of varying varieties well very relevant to pride is the tonys right Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> yes, the Tonys, they were last night, and a very gay event, yeah. as always, but I feel like especially this year, um, the Ariana DeBose was the host, 
And she, I thought, did a pretty good job given the fact that she had no <laughs> script. She's such an incredible performer that just like watching her do the dance numbers at the beginning was astonishing. And, you know, you're used to seeing like, oh, Hugh Jackman does a musical number, or James Corden yeah. or whatever. But like Ariana DeBose is a like levels and levels and levels above them in ability right. to do everything. And They're she was just trained. Yeah, yeah. Immaculate. And then, yeah, I thought that as far as award shows go, it was pretty fun. A lot of the winners gave, you know, sort of interesting rousing speeches. There was historical things going on. It was a little bit awkward because they, they couldn't script anything. So basically yeah. they couldn't give the presenters anything to say, other than like, hey, why don't you come out and like say your name and then present the awards? So these present these famous people will be coming out and be like, hey, I'm like Jessica. Oh, I mean like Jessica Chastain. Like it was so <laughs> like the whole presenting part no of it was joke. so awkward. Um, but I I I don't know. I thought it was fun. It was also pretty quick uh, yeah. as a whole. Well, if you cut out the bits, then yeah. And, of course, you have all the Broadway performances. So it's not like the Tonys are never short on entertainment. They really, yeah. like, have that baked in. I didn't watch. Um, so my apologies. But I saw on Twitter people were excited about the Glee alum. Yes. Two non-binary performers won Tonys last night. They were the first two uh openly non-binary performers to win Tonys. Because um, I think a non-binary costume designer maybe won for six a couple of mm. years ago. Um, but yeah, so it was Alec, Alex Newell, who is from Glee, and then Jay Harrison Gee, who was in uh, Some Like It Hot, which I didn't necessarily love. But, you know, <laughs> good I was going to ask, did you see the best winner, the best musical winner yes kimberly akimbo which is incredible yeah it's it's really good it's very sweet it's very sort of small it's it's a lot smaller i think this season of broadway was sort of interesting because they were trying to do you know like broadway's back baby like what what covid's done we're doing big productions so it was a lot of like very big musicals, you know, Sweeney Todd and Anne Juliet is all like Max Martin's music. And mm. um, some like it hot in New York, New York are both these like big sort of like old school musicals. And Kimberly Akimbo is just this like little teeny tiny. Um, I think there's maybe eight people in the cast and it's about this girl who has a disease where her body ages really quickly. So she is 16, but her body looks like it's that of like a 70 year old woman. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's a pretty quiet show, but really well done and has some good songs and yeah, it's just like very, very moving. So I was really happy that that won. And then Leopold Stott was the big winner on the play side of things, which was also really good. Um, That's sort of about multiple generations of this Jewish family that lives in Vienna um, as sort of like pre-Holocaust, during the Holocaust, and then after the Holocaust. So that is much more dark and depressing, but good, I think. Um, it's also you really have to be paying attention because there's a lot of characters in this like family tree and as it moves through the times like different actors are playing them so it's definitely a very cerebral um, show but I like that as well Um, 
And yeah, in general was was happy with everything. We didn't have MJ the musical stinking up the <laughs> the evening like we did last year, so that was nice. Good. A win. <laughs> yeah. Um but also in awards show news, did you see the Golden Globes got bought? Got it's bought? very confusing. Yes. So I guess the HFPA the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is dissolving. They sold the Golden Globes to Dick Clark Productions oh. to host. So presumably there will be Golden Globes like as an award and they will be separate from the HPFA which is where all of the sort of drama came from. But I but I was reading articles they just announced this today and I couldn't figure out who like is voting on them or who yeah, they're like who they're giving them to maybe it'll be fan voted <laughs> dear lord no i can't <sighs> that'd be amazing taylor swift wins <laughs> for best actress in a musical comedy um that's interesting yeah i guess um look at that cancel culture is real <laughs> we got rid of the hfpa well, but the crazy thing is like we got rid of them and then they came back and then now they're like sort yeah. of leaving on their <laughs> own <funny>. accord. <laughs> Very odd. Um, but that's not usually for a while anyways, huh? Isn't that beginning of the year? Yeah, like January. Okay. But so we'll, we'll be interesting, to yeah, to see what happens on that front. Um, um, have what you else been you have? following, like, I know you love Jury Duty and I watch it too. Have oh, you yes. been like following... Um, you know, they keep doing these press tours and interviews with the star of it, the the kind of one who was got Judd. I'm curious how you feel about it post-show. Like, do you have thoughts? Have you seen his interviews? Like, I mean, I've seen, like, some clips on TikTok. I guess I'm not, like, following it super, super closely. Yeah. Um, I, I was sort of waiting for something in the immediate aftermath to be like the, you know, guy from the cheerleading show or, you know, like for them oh, to no. unearth <laughs> some like really terrifying thing about this person, yeah which I think hasn't happened yet. So I assume that kind of means like there's not anything there to be yeah. found, hopefully. Um, but I don't know. In general, I feel like I've... I haven't seen anything that I've disliked. I'm not annoyed by him or anything yet, but I no, haven't really. I mean, like the morality of this show, like the because I've seen a bunch of stuff where he's doing these interviews and he's having a good time, but he constantly goes back to this like, yeah, it kind of broke my brain. Like it took me a long time to like process and to be present in my reality because I was like, oh, is this is this fake? Is this real? Like he was like <laughs> doing this interview a few days ago and they were talking about like, yeah, he, they broke the news, you know, a month into filming or whatever. And he was like, uh, they were asking so much of me to process one day that my entire world was fake. And it was a lot. I got Truman showed in real life. And then the interviewer was like, I'm so sorry about that, Ronald. And then he's like, yeah, thank you. They didn't apologize enough, you know? And he's like joking. And I think he's having like a good time rolling with it, you know, but I do wonder like the long-term <laughs> effect this will have on someone's psyche and kind of like um, how you move forward from being so tricked. I mean, <laughs> on, on one hand, I'm like, yeah, I can sort of see that. I And I think especially if it had gone, you know, south in some way, 
there's you know like if they did this on 10 different people like like what is the net reaction it feels like with this guy it worked out pretty well but like you could end up with somebody who wasn't nearly as lovely yeah (laughs) uh i don't know i guess like i understand that there would be some weird mental issues with that and like probably some therapy would need to be had. (laughs) But I also kind of think like, okay, it was sort of a weird situation anyways to begin with. It wasn't like you found out your wife was fake or something like that. You know, (laughs) it was like this weird, like you signed up to do this sort of weird thing. It was kind of weird the whole time. At the end, you realized, yeah, it wasn't real, but it was like, it was separate from his real life. It wasn't like they were... Yeah, it wasn't like they manipulated his job or like yeah, or like his yeah, or like his relatives were treating him weird or you know like something like that. It was yeah. all these people that he didn't know before, and then now he gets, you know, all of this fame and whatever out of it. <laughs> so like, I guess in some ways maybe I feel a little bit bad for him, but also if he's okay, then I'm kind of like I think this is fine. I know, but that's what I'm saying is like, is he okay? Like that's that's the fascinating aftermath for me is like. You know, I think Amazon's releasing like a bunch of extra behind the scenes stuff, you know, because they're milking this and it's it was such a fun show and kind of a pleasant delight. So you like understand why. But then at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It's just like a fascinating um, kind of bending of reality that it it is interesting to watch like him have to process it basically in real time with all of us watching and I wonder how that'll feel like once the spotlight dims and like what he's left with and like I, how I, I sort of feel like that's the same with all reality tv though but like, he yes. wasn't consenting he wasn't like everyone he well, knew and engaged with and became friends with was yeah, all but, a lie it was all set up where he yes, was the punchline for the most part. I think he's fine <laughs> I'm I don't want to get I don't want to like I have enough things to worry about. I can't be thinking <laughs> about this person who became famous, you know? Okay. Well, I look forward to like touching base in a few months or a couple years where it's like he goes on a rampage. Well, okay. Yeah, sure. If that happens. <laughs> That's a mental breakdown. Um, but no, it's just been interesting to see him like pop up and have to like talk about it. And obviously, yeah, to your point, it's not like he was tortured physically, but just that like mental brush with you know, the matrix, so to speak, it's, uh, it's interesting. And it makes me more curious to see if they'll attempt something like this again. Yeah. I mean, cause they really couldn't do a. I mean, I guess they could do a second season of it, but yeah, I think it would be tricky. You would have to make sure that it was somehow somebody who did not know anything about the show. Yeah. Which is always a little bit hard. Um, Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it and then forgot about it. What else do you have? I really don't have anything else. I feel like this week has been <laughs> I've I've been at the Tribeca Film Festival for oh, yeah. like 9 million hours. So, yeah. if it's not something that has been screening there, I haven't really paid that much attention. The time of day. Do you have other things? No, I mean, it's been a pretty quiet week. I admittedly am not feeling great. So I think I'm kind of like zonked out a little bit. Um, So apologies to our listeners for not getting my usual bubbly self. I mean, if if we don't have any other news, we can just go to love it or hate it. (laughs) Okay, good. Because I do have thoughts on that. 
Okay. Um, I I watched Shiny Happy People, which is the Amazon documentary about the Duggar family and sort of the religion slash homeschooling entity they were a part of. Um, mm, yes. IBLF or something, some weird acronym. Uh, it's a four-part episodic uh, series. You know, it's it's obviously like there's a lot of the Duggars in it, but I think the most fascinating parts kind of step past that specific family and kind of look at the um, discourse and belief system as a whole. And they talk to a lot of other survivors slash victims that have a lot more probably well-processed takes. They The only Duggars they get is the eldest daughter who is kind of um, – at odds with her family now um and she's kind of processing all this and and learning kind of like d what's the word just deprogramming deprogramming (laughs) yeah and then her cousin who was while the 19 kids and counting show was at its peak was kind of the one who was always in the press for being like the the edgy um cousin who was you know kissing before marriage and all of that (gasps) stuff I know, the audacity. Um, But I found it really interesting. Obviously, there's been so many, you know, quote unquote, cult documentaries. Um, A lot of them feel rushed or kind of like, you know, ripped from the headlines, exploitative, just kind of throwing them out, throwing them together and not really saying anything interesting or really allowing the um, people to shape the narrative. But this was a good job, obviously. I come from a high demand religion. I also have been homeschooled in my past, um, was part of a homeschool group that was very like focused on being the next generation of leaders in this country. Oh, yes. Um, So there is a lot that was compelling to me personally. Um, I I don't think I had such an extreme experience, obviously. Um, Mormonism is different. Some people have more... uh, traumatizing experiences than even I did. Um, But it was kind of fascinating to watch these people kind of justify really, really backwards, limited, judgmental um, morality, sense of morality, um, and then see the people who got out of it kind of work through their deprocessing. Um, So I thought it was good. It's definitely dark. Like there's a lot there should be a lot of trigger warnings, uh, sexual assault, um, physical abuse, child abuse. Uh, obviously, the Duggar son uh, molested his sisters oh, yeah. and some other kids. It was then caught and charged with child pornography. So it's definitely not like, you know, fun. Um, but it was fascinating. And I think it was a nice uh, kind of POV that they allowed the uh, victims and survivors to have and kind of carry it in ways that I wasn't expecting. Like, you know, it feels salacious. It was this big family. What was TLC doing promoting this culture? Like, why were they always like preying on TV so much and like talking about this, you know, like sexualizing their kids in, in purity culture kind of ways. But then it also was like fascinating to see that this homeschool group has infiltrated like the government. Like, I think um, Madison Cawthorn, is he the Oh yeah, he was that young, like um, I think he's not representative. Yeah, he's... He was from this homeschool group, 
And so just like interesting things like that to realize how the evangelical faith has kind of shaped politics today. Um, it was it was very, very fascinating. Yeah. I Where did they live again? Oh, I it was don't somewhere remember. in the somewhere in the south, but like so I sort of Midwest, I think. Or yeah, I guess it, it wasn't Michigan. Um, I will say so. We, I did not ever have any interactions with the Duggars. Um, and I think like we were like I wasn't involved with their group, but I definitely grew up in a situation that was very similar to that, and we yeah. knew people who were in that sphere Mm. you know so like people who were in my sort of group in michigan like either had relatives or friends or you know had like come from that area um or had moved there you know so there was a lot of i guess like intermixing and i haven't watched the documentary yet but i want to um and yeah, it like when when the Duggars were airing, they were a little bit extreme for like me and my friends. So, you know, sometimes we'd yeah. watch it and be like, wow, like this is crazy. But like honestly, not that extreme. Right. And they were were not that extreme in comparison to some of the people in our group who were on the more extreme end of things. You know, like the girls not cutting their hair, the girls only mm-hmm. being allowed to wear dresses. Like we definitely had I definitely knew people and had friends who were like that all of the sort of like the man is the leader of the house and all of the praying and the Bible studies, all of the sort of like uh, leadershipy kind of things. Oh, you know, we need to be the next leaders. And I think how those people have all sort of infiltrated the government is because there's not that many people who are young and growing up who are on that side of things with, sort of the education level i guess that's like necessary to get into politics and things um you know i i went to college with a lot of these kind of people as well and a lot of them worked you know like i know people who worked in the white house and whatever and were not necessarily people who i thought like oh wow this is a super you know like smart intellectual person someone who's well connected i think it's just like if you are 23 and have a college degree and want to get involved with the republican party especially (laughs) if you're a girl or someone who isn't white they are like very happy to have you and stick you in whatever situation you want to be in like i don't I don't think people are clamoring to necessarily be like Justice Kavanaugh uh, staffers. (laughs) So you can find those spots pretty easily. I was thinking, I've been thinking a lot about not necessarily like cults. Because like, yes, I I guess this is like cult adjacent kind of things. But just like my upbringing and these sort of uh, groups. Because it feels so inevitable to me that the kids who grew up in these are going to like realize that the world that they're shown isn't the full world and are going Mm -hmm. to revolt like so many of my friends have done this you know I feel like it's it's almost more rare to grow up and stick with the with the faith rather than leave it like I guess I don't know what like the numbers for mormons are but it feels like i know so many people or know of so many people who grew up and are sort of like i don't know either have completely rejected it or have you know kind of taken a lesser version of it and i'm 
was confused as to how people, you know, like my parents and stuff thought like, oh, you know what the winning strategy is here is just to like not let these people know anything about these other worlds. Like if we can just keep that information from them, that's how we'll keep them in these groups. Yes. When there's so (laughs) many avenues that information is coming in and obviously like as an adult, you will have access to that. So it's like. That's why they get more and more in stream you know right well but i was thinking and you know because with all of these bills and things about like oh we got to burn books we got to whatever it's like like these people are gonna if you're gay you're gonna figure that out eventually and you're going and there's the internet and reading and movies and social media and you know whatever to get that information from it's like someone will find it they're just going to be a lot more resentful when they do But I think that maybe that's just the difference of generations to a certain extent. Like, not now, but at least when we were growing up, like, technology was not where it was. And I guess I could see, like, my parents and sort of the other people in the organizations I was in thinking, like, oh, yeah, like, you can sort of keep them in this bubble and they'll grow up in this community, they'll get married in this community, they'll live in this community, and that's sort of the end of it. And... Now that there's all of this information in the internet and it is so accessible that that's just not the case anymore. And I'm like, these people need to regroup and come up with a better strategy because this is not <laughs> I mean, working. No, it seems to be working well for them. You know, there's a lot of a lot of bigoted homophobes running loose in this country doing things to make it harder for their kids to learn. And and I think, you know, um yeah, but even those if there's kids a thirty percent retention rate. That's still 30% of people who buy into hateful ideology and then raise their kids to do the same. So I mean, 100%. And there are lots of those people. But, you know, just when you think about, like, Gen Z in general. Yeah, Yeah, there's definitely a a letting go of faith and organized religion. And it's like your parents can say as much as they want about, you know how they hate trans people or whatever. But at a certain point, you're going to interact with one of the, with, with a trans person and their story on some platform yeah, somewhere, you know? This isn't like something you say, well, that's in a big city and they're evil or whatever. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of just put that there. Like that story, the story of those people as people will reach you at some point. Um, Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. But interesting. I'm excited yeah. to watch the documentary. What's yeah, streaming on? Was- Amazon? Amazon, yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't too long, like the Nixium doc, or it wasn't too like brief, like you know whatever else. It was it was a good mix. Mm. What about you? What's on your love it or hate it? Uh, my I guess sort of love it. <laughs> I guess I don't really know where I stand on this yet, but there's a new season of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars that's mm. out right now, and we are about halfway through. Like half the contestants are gone. Um, one of them quit under sort of strange circumstances. The preview for next week's episode looks like they all get into such a fight that RuPaul has to come in and sort of like straighten out everything that's going on. Um, but the season has also had a lot of really weird sort of judging shenanigans where like contestants who seem to be doing really poorly will end up like getting good critiques where contestants who seem to be doing really well will get bad critiques and then everybody on the internet is sort of up in arms about things also a bunch of the drag queens now at this point like i think with certain tv shows um the 
if you're a reality contestant, you can't really be saying things after you leave. And you're not supposed to with Drag Race either. But I think because these Drag Race contestants become, you know, celebrities in and of themselves and, and sort of are making money through performances that aren't connected to Drag Race necessarily, they feel much more empowered, especially the all-stars, to, you know, speak on what happened. So a lot of the queens have been, you know, going to bars and stuff and complaining about how the season worked and spreading all of this behind-the-scenes um, information. And one of the past winners who wasn't even on this season did an interview and complained about the show in some pretty... Um, I don't know, strong language. And so it's been fascinating this season to kind of watch uh, the like behind the scenes drama. And so you get one version of the story on the show and it sort of feels incomplete. And then you have to watch as these clips and things come out from, you know, performances that these queens are doing around the us about how the episodes were edited and things that happened behind the scenes um i don't know it's just i like the season itself i don't really know if it's good or bad but it's interesting to kind of watch this next evolution of reality tv which maybe sort of also goes back to the um jury duty of it all of like I think for a long time, we were all sort of very willing to just let reality TV happen. And everything that happened behind the scenes was sort of a secret and and nobody really knew or wanted to talk about it or was interested in that. And now it feels like that is all coming to light a lot more. Mm. You know, with The Bachelor, I think there's a lot of stuff about behind the scenes that's (laughs) come out with now Drag Race. It's just very... um, very interesting and so yeah this season is a fascinating watch well maybe watch. we should have Rob on to talk about it when it ends I know he's been I don't know if he's watching the most recent one but <laughs> no I think he's still a few seasons behind because he was texting me about somebody who was on I think All Stars oh, 5 okay. or 6 recently <laughs> and I was like oh and this is All Stars 8 but he's getting close yeah. truly no one has ever like um hacked through a series as fast I want yes. him to start watching Survivor next that feels like <laughs> the next move it's a good idea we we know someone on it so he might i know he was telling me that and it's not me which i'm, I know, I'm frustrated by we'll have to get you in touch with this person and they can give you all the tips on I how know. to be chosen i know <laughs> i think the i think the problem is not to be one of those people but i think the problem is um that i'm a you're just like, too white well, yes, no, I'm like a 30-year-old white gay, and I think there's about 9 million of those yeah. that want to be on you the show. You live in New York, so. and you work in media. It's like, right, mm. yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> wow, this is a story we haven't seen before. Yeah. If I was Just like... go back uh, to the closet, Matt, and then your dreams will come true. No, I don't think... I mean, that... Believe me, I applied a lot of times uh, <laughs> from the closet. That didn't help me either. Yeah. Well, we'll figure out a way. I think if I wanted to apply to be on like Deadliest Catch or something, you know, like <laughs> I would probably have a much better shot. But I'm really fighting against, yeah. you know, the my people for these <laughs> for the one spot every year that goes to a, you know, white gay boy. Yeah. Your time will come. You just have to be like 54 and. 
No, because then we'll all be fifty-four. We'll all be a blunt. They'll they'll then have an influx of just old gays. They'll pity you. They'll pity your hundredth application, and they'll be like, "I doubt it. I doubt it." That'll be your story. Also, every year my application gets more and more exasperated. It's like, "What the fuck is happening?" (laughs) They're like, "No, we can't take this person. They're unwell." Uh, Okay. Well, we will be back on Thursday. We are going to have a special guest. Our friend Sierra is back. We're going to be talking about books because we haven't done that in a while because there's truly no movies that anybody wanted to watch. Um, And yeah, I think it'll be a fun time. Shelby and I already recorded that episode. So I have good feelings about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Ooh, wow. I said a lot of really smart things. It will take us all by surprise. Uh, well thanks everybody for listening uh, you can follow us on social media you can send us an email leave us a review um, and we'll be back on Thursday bye <laughs>